inside. Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding head saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding head save. Robin Leonard. What a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, we've got some fun going on in the National Hockey League. Seattle Kraken about to uh, go through the expansion draft process. In just over two weeks, they were trolling teams uh, on the weekend. I'll bring you up to date on that. Don't let me forget about that, okay? Ryan, uh, hold me accountable to uh, tell that story on one-timers in just a little bit. But uh, it kind of starts the silly season. As soon as the Stanley Cup final is over, uh, we get to see some players that are either uh, going to be signed, whether they're players that are being told that they're not going to be part of the process. And uh, we're also seeing uh, a little bit of conversation between clubs and the Seattle Kraken about uh, some deals that are being worked on. And I'll update you on that in just a little bit. But uh, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, discussing what's going on in the Stanley Cup final because we still have a season that is in play as the Tampa Bay Lightning failed to put away the Montreal Canadiens last night as the Canadians win in overtime. The sixth time that the Canadians have won in overtime in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. That is second most in one playoff year for the Canadians, uh, second only to the 1993 championship run by the Stanley Cup champion, mm-hmm. Habs. Yeah. Yep. Any chance you have to bring up 93, you will. But you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the Canadians this year have been very good in overtime, just like that Cinderella, mm-hmm. fantastic, paranormal team in 1993. And you know what that means? Ghosts. They trotted out the legends last night in Cornwallier, Guy Lafleur, mm-hmm. and Patrick Waugh. Interesting to see Patrick Waugh uh, back. I, I know that uh, yes. that things have been smoothed over there uh, a lot, but I thought that was interesting just in itself. Like Patrick's a presence, and part of me thought, "Ooh, like Patrick in the building carries coming off a couple of uh, subpar games." Like, is that the uh, the right way to go? But uh, ne- never doubt the, the presentation of the Montreal Canadiens. Did, did Montreal win the game, though, or did Tampa fail to win the game? If you know which where I'm going with that question. <laughs> uh, yes, it, I think it's more Tampa failed to yeah. win the game than it was Montreal won the game. But... You know, that being said, it, it's it's not like Tampa didn't have their opportunities. It's not like they didn't have their chances. Every time they came back and tied the game, it kind of felt inevitable that Tampa would find that next goal. But as we've seen many times before with the Montreal Canadiens this year, they seem to find a way, and they, they were able to do it last night. Now, you could make the argument that they deserved a better fate in game number two. They didn't get it. Uh, so it's kind of evening out in, in terms of, of games that they should win versus games that they, they have won. Uh, but for me, it, it certainly was uh, a game that was right there for the taking. If Tampa doesn't hit a couple of posts, if, if Nikita Kucherov makes a, 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 a different play, a harder play on that redirect uh, late in the game, it's, it's series over Tampa Bay 
back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, but they just did not execute in those moments in that game. So I have a buddy who is a massive Jets fan. He lives in, in Winnipeg, and he thought they were home and cooled when the Winnipeg Jets drew the Montreal Canadiens. And from game number one, the Mark Scheifele play on Jake Evans, turn the tail uh, on the series, and uh, from, like, Montreal just didn't even give Winnipeg a sniff. And he's become so jaded uh, with the Montreal Canadiens just <laughs> having this ability to win. No matter, like, every time you count them out, they're going to win. And so I, we were watching the game last night, and we went through this with, with Vegas, too, and he's like, just watch. They just they lug you to sleep. They'll, they'll find a way as soon as you think you got them. They'll. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're watching the game last night, and everybody's texting uh, around, and, uh, and Montreal wins, and we're, the bunch of us are, you know, Tampa still got it. They, they're up 3-1. It'll be, it'll be over. And, and, he, and like right on cue, he's like, just wait. This is going to happen. He truly believes that the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> just to spite hockey fans, are going to find a way to make this interesting. I'm not sure that it necessarily will be interesting beyond tomorrow night. Where do you kind of slot in on this? Yeah, it's it's so tough because I don't feel like the Canadians have found a way to shut down the Tampa Bay Lightning, in the way that they were able to shut down Vegas and the way that they were able to shut down Winnipeg and Toronto, it hasn't really been Montreal taking the game away from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, they were able to do a really good job on Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov uh, yesterday, but we're still talking about a couple of plays where Braden Point hits a goal post, Nikita Kucherov hits a goal post. It's not like the stars for Tampa aren't getting their looks, aren't getting dangerous chances. Um, I, f- I would feel better about the Canadians having a, a, a better chance in this series or at least to extend it to a Game 6 or a Game 7 if I was seeing them kind of take things over or if I saw them win that game outright yesterday. Uh, but the thing that I've come back to when it comes to Montreal is however however they could win a series in the most improbable way possible. That's what they've done, right? They were down three games to one to Toronto. They weren't supposed to come back, and they did. They weren't supposed to sweep the Winnipeg Jets. They did. They weren't supposed to be better than the Golden Knights. They were. And now they're simply not supposed to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four games in a row to erase a 3 to nothing deficit. Who's to say they can't do it? I don't know. I don't think I'm there. It'll take another win, probably another two, but um, – I, I still think Tampa's going to just kind of find a way to win one of these next three games. 1945 was the last time somebody came back from 3 nothing down in a final to force a Game 7. Didn't win. 1942 was the last time uh, that a team came back in the Stanley Cup final from 3 nothing down and won. So it's, it's very rare. Uh, and the add to it that the Montreal Canadiens are a Cinderella team. They need some help. And Divine intervention, motivation, ghosts, like the impact on it comes in various ways. And one fashion was Tampa Bay's mayor. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, (laughs) Jane Castor said Sunday that she would, uh, this is before the game last night, she would like, like to see the lightning clinch on home ice. And uh, she went on to say, what, like the, what we would like is for the Lightning to take it a little bit easy. Give the Canadians 
just the smallest break, allow them to win one at home, and then bring it back to Emily Arena for the final and winning the Stanley Cup on home ice. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but they're playing some amazing, amazing hockey. Did did that just tempt fate a little bit too much? Well, I I don't understand. I mean, like I get wanting to win the Stanley Cup at home, but it's the hardest trophy in sports to win. Period. You don't waste an opportunity, especially not when you are wasting an opportunity because you perceive that this is just a foregone conclusion. When you think that you're just too good, you cannot be beaten, that you can you can take it easy and throw the other team a bone and then just, you know, get back to playing your game and dominating. Um, I don't think that anything has uh, – anything that happens outside of hockey has nothing to do with what happens on the ice. I firmly believe that. Jinxes aren't real. Ghosts don't exist. And quite frankly, whatever the Tampa Bay mayor said had no bearing or impact on what happened in the game in Game 4 because it just doesn't doesn't work that way. So, no, I don't think it's tempting fate, and I don't think that Tampa Bay took the game off. I don't think they took it easy. I think the Canadians were just desperate and didn't want to lose four in a row. Hmm. Uh, Tampa's families weren't allowed to get into the uh, the country. Without the quarantine, they they weren't allowed to make mm-hmm. the trip to to Montreal for uh, last night's game, the potential clincher, and uh, they wouldn't have been able to celebrate. So, and and that the reason why so much is being made about winning at home, so much more is being made about winning at home, is the families weren't uh, in the bubble last year, or the, the 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 families that were in the United States anyway, uh, weren't in the uh, in in the bubble when Tampa Bay won. Uh, they weren't allowed to cross the border into Canada for last night's game. Uh, so you, the idea of winning champion, two championships and not being able to, to enjoy that moment with your family is kind of heartbreaking. So that's why it's getting a little bit more attention and why we're mm-hmm. discussing uh, the impact of it and the motivation of it. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I don't think Tampa takes their foot off the gas at all uh, in, in any normal play. Nikita Kucherov puts that puck in. Uh, Braden Point uh, has an opportunity in the power play. He puts that puck in. Carey uh, Price has a couple of pucks that uh, that just go off his shoulder. Though those pucks go in. Uh, but it's funny when when things just add up. Shane Knighty talks about 2011, and they got out that Montreal or sorry that uh, Vancouver was planning the parade route. Like there was different mm-hmm. uh, media reports about this was the parade route, uh, plan accordingly, blah, 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 uh, ahead of Game 7. He said that they used that as, as major major motivation. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I'm the Montreal Canadiens and I see that clip or I hear that clip, then I, I, util, I utilize that to, to the best of my ability, yeah, for sure. Um, I think you look for any type of motivation that you can. You have great motivation to win the Stanley Cup. You're within three wins now if you're the Canadians, one win if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're going to look for anything that you can to draw a little bit more motivation to get the job done. But, you know, in terms of, of you know, just trying to trying to get into a situation where you think that this becomes easier, I just don't think it does. I really don't. I think that, you know, you've got a desperate team in the Canadians, and, and Louis-Jean kind of touched on it, but with, with Shea Weber, like, this is this might be it. This might be the only opportunity that Shea Weber has in the Stanley Cup Final to, to get to the pinnacle of this sport in this league. You don't want to, to give that thing up without a fight, and that's what I 
That's what I saw from the Montreal Canadiens last night. They were a feisty bunch. They were opportunistic when they needed to be, and they did just enough to get that first win and start to plant any seeds of doubt that they might be able to plant the rest of the series. You ever play the flinch game? Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then you, you get a free one because the person flinched. Uh, the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning flinched last night, at least physically, against the Montreal Canadiens. I, I don't know. There was Petrie or Sherrod. Yeah. I can't remember who came across the blue line. And they came flying. And the Tampa forward totally pulled back. I don't blame the Tampa forward. Uh, <laughs> but it was the physical part of the game last night that Montreal put forward got into the psyche of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I agree 100%. I I think that Shea Weber uh, certainly had a couple of big, nasty hits and one attempted hit on Braden Point that I think you you start to see every time Braden Point kind of comes into the zone, anytime he's along the boards, he's thinking about when that next hit's going to come and, and how much that thing's going to hurt. And within that, I think, is the blueprint for the Canadians. They have got to be very physical. They have got to really make sure that they are finishing every single one of their checks and they've got to make life incredibly difficult on the talented forwards of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did that last night and there were definitive plays where Tampa Bay didn't really want to take the hit to make a play so they just they they kind of did not do the things that they typically do. Montreal made some lineup changes. It's easy to say now that they were the right changes. Romanov scores, and they mm-hmm. had, they got some some positive production from those players and some positive minutes, uh, especially on the back end from those minutes and some important minutes uh, when the three on three scrum uh, broke out and there were six players sent to the penalty box for a long period of time in that in that third period. <laughs> uh, so they had to really lean on on the changes that they made. Would would you keep those players in or would you bounce back and and give the the players that were taken out an opportunity to make an impact and go with that sort of fresh look and uh, and motivation. So in terms of where I would would look at it or what direction I'd go, I don't think I make a change on defense. Like I, I liked what Romanov was able to do. I like his physicality. I like the fact that he was able to chip in with a goal. I, I'm not expecting that from him. Uh, if he plays tomorrow, but I am expecting him to be physical and to make life difficult. So I like the look of what the Canadians had on their back end. The only change, quite honestly, is is whether or not you want to put Jesperi Kakaniemi back in the lineup. And you know how talented he is. You know how good he can be. Um, I just I I think that's kind of the question is or where you would make a, a determination. Do you want Kakaniemi back in the lineup? Do you think that he can bring something to the table, a clutch goal, whatever the case may be? Uh, but that's really the only question that I would have in terms of the lineup. And then you've got the ghosts. Now, the ghosts can travel because it's <laughs> it's after July 5th. So the ghosts don't have to worry really? about quarantining uh, if you're a Canadian citizen, and which they are, uh, going back. So the ghosts can actually travel to Tampa Bay for game Five, where they weren't allowed to for games one and two. They haven't had the huge impact in the series, although 
the Romanov goal last they night had any looked, impact. looked like they it had uh, any it, impact. It did, did Romanov not celebrate like he was a 50 goal scorer? Like that was impressive. He, just like I mean, bring he, it, bring he it. Scored let's in the go. Stanley Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, but it wasn't. It it was it was. I've been there, done that, and I'm really good at it. It was. They, mm-hmm, I yeah. I enjoyed the moment for him. It's a young kid with a lot of confidence. Like I'll take that all day long. And and no, that you say that the ghosts had haven't had a huge impact. They've had they've had zero impact, Darren. Zero impact. So that means that it's coming. And that, and the other part is, really? I'm not sure. Really, like Montreal played a great game too. Mm-hmm. They they weren't the better team in game three or four. I, no, and it was closer in game four. I'm still waiting for that that real dominant game from the Montreal Canadiens. I I think this is still a series. Yeah, I I'm not far off from that. I, I I do think that the Canadians can can go on a little bit of a run here. I, I really do. I they have to play physically. They've got to do some of the things that they did well in Game Four. They've got to harken back to how good they were in Game Number Two. And Carey Price simply has to be better than Andre Vasilevsky. Like that's really it. If the Canadians can get that tomorrow night, then I think there's a better than average chance you go back to. Montreal for game six and then and you know I at that point you've got the the Tampa Bay Lightning sitting around thinking about things a little bit too much and that is is really the the downside of a three nothing series lead if you don't close it out early on in game four or five all of a sudden you start to sit back and think about what what is coming and the ways that you failed to close out earlier in the series okay where's Josh Anderson I love Josh Anderson. I think it was a great <laughs> trade that they made, uh, flipping Max Domi for Josh Anderson. Big body, yeah. skilled, he's fast. Mm-hmm. I don't understand where he goes after these games. I would have, if after that game last night, if I was Dominic Ducharme, I wouldn't have let him out of my sight to make sure that he doesn't vanish. Because it's like he has these great games, these great moments, and then he's gone for three games. And then these great moments... And these uh, overtime goals or or tying goals, and then he's gone for three games. He, mm-hmm. I watch him, and go, he could be a superstar if you can do it all yep. the time. And when he takes the puck to the net, he, you cannot hold him back. I mean, he's the type of player that can absolutely overtake a game, and we have seen him do it throughout the course of these playoffs. The only problem is. We've seen him do it two times, and those are the two games that he has absolutely been the best player on the ice, and everything else has just kind of been mediocre. Now, I I don't know why the consistency isn't there for Josh Anderson. He did get the bump up in terms of, of who he was playing with yesterday. Maybe that's a key to it. Maybe playing with Caulfield and Suzuki kind of brings out a little bit more out of Josh Anderson. But it's the effort for me, right? Like, you look at the play that he makes on the game-winning goal. To to be able to get that stick lift, to be able to push the pace on that two-on-one, to get the puck to the front of the net, and then beat Jan Ruda to the front of the net to score that goal, it's all effort. And the effort should always be there, especially when you are built the way that Josh Anderson is. I still think that that if this becomes a series, Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, they're going to be a big, big part of the reason why that happens. Tyler Toffoli has to get it going too, doesn't he? 
It'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the other thing. Like, with, with Toffoli, he's a guy that's been here, right? Like, he, yeah. he knows what it takes to come back from three games down in a series. He knows what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. You need Tyler Toffoli to kind of show up in these moments and be a leader in that locker room going into Game 5 and hopefully for the Canadians, Game 6 and Game 7. I'm, I'm right on the fence. I, I believe that this can become a series. I can. And then there's the other part of me that is under the impression that tomorrow is going to be over early. Like before we get through our number one, uh, it's, it's going to be over. And the game doesn't start till our number two, uh, which is virtually impossible. <laughs> but that's how much I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning may just flex their muscles and go, boom, done, over. We're going to have the ultimate party, and we're going to celebrate two championships uh, uh, for the price of, uh, of one. And it's just going to be rocking. And the way that they played, the, the part that, that leads me to believe is Tampa doesn't lose two in a row. They just don't. No. And yeah, you, you're don't. telling me that they could possibly lose four in a row after what they've been through and what they've showed and their resolve uh, that they put forward. Man, that's, uh, it takes a lot for me to buy into that argument and that proposal. I, I, I'm right there in terms of the fact that Tampa just doesn't lose two in a row. However, uh, the last time they did lose two in a row in the playoffs, they ended up getting swept in the first round after a president's trophy. So right. I don't know. Like it's, and, and you know, like if, if Tampa loses tomorrow, they haven't all of a sudden lost it or, or, or now they, now they have to figure out how to win again. Like that's not going on there, but I, I do wonder what ends up happening if it's if it's a close game tomorrow and and Montreal can somehow figure out a way to get that extra goal if they can figure out a way to beat Tampa in Tampa to force game 6 to to force Tampa to look in the mirror after losing two games in a row in the playoffs for the first time in a long time um i do wonder how much of that creeps into the mind of the Tampa Bay Lightning we, uh, we all remember what happened in Game 3 in Montreal at the Bell Centre and the puck that, uh, that just squirted out in front of the net. It, that, that's a play that's going to be hard to get over. But I watched last night mm-hmm. Carey Price have a bobble behind the net, and he was very fortunate that it didn't cost him. And then I watched Andre Vasilevsky, and he had a puck go right in front of him. How that puck didn't end up in the back of the net, I don't know. And... I have trouble. I'm one of those people that said, like, why why did it go in on Flower and didn't go in on those two last night? Well, I mean, they're they're similar plays, but they're different, right? Like it with Andre Vasilevsky, when he when he had the bobble, he just was able to recover, right? Like that's that's really all there is to it. With with Marc Andre Fleury, the way that the puck went through his skates and the way the puck came out to the front of the net and Josh Anderson was right there on the doorstep, that just wasn't really the case. The The bobble happened in, in a similar fashion, but the player from Montreal was a little bit too far away. It wasn't the same type of play in, in terms of, of it just being an easy tap-in. So um, every play is a little bit different, and hockey is incredibly random. So, you know, I, I kind of put it to bed. Update from Louis-Jean. You guys ready for it? Okay. Elsa has is been... Elsa has been upgraded to hurricane status again. It was back to a it was hurricane, tropical storm, 
Now it's uh, mm -hmm. updated to hurricane status uh, again. But the team, uh, at least the Montreal Canadiens, staying right across the street at the uh, JW, and they'll be able to get, uh, imagine that, walking across the street to, to your morning skate, game five, Stanley mm -hmm. Cup final, in the eye of a hurricane. Yep. There's, Let it go. There's a lot, uh, a lot happening uh, around there. Do you have a, do you have a thought on what's going to happen tomorrow night, or do you want to save it for tomorrow? Um, I'm curious whether Montreal my, changes their lineup or whether Tampa changes their lineup. My early thought right now is that the Montreal Canadiens find a way to win. Mm -hmm. That place is going to be prime for a party, even though it's storming. That place, the, those fans, mm -hmm. after yeah. watching last year in the bubble. And, and not being allowed to participate. And now uh, the series uh, by hook or by crook or fluke or uh, great play, uh, going to a game five, an opportunity to win at a home ice, it's going to be electric there. No pun intended. Although... No, yeah, yeah, you, you intended the pun. No I actually didn't, laughed. but uh, but I was giggling because I was thinking about that <laughs> Tesla coil that goes across the roof uh, of the uh, of the Amelie Arena, which is one of the coolest things uh, going inside a, a home ice advantage. Uh, we got more to talk about uh, when it comes to the 2021 Stanley Cup final between Montreal and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Boy, Montreal was mean uh, last night playing with uh, just a real grit to their game. When we uh, continue the Seattle crack and have more to say about uh, putting their team together, their organization together, and a couple of uh, signings to tell you about, plus uh, some tragic news uh, that we'll update you on regarding the story of the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's when we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Condolences to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Mattis uh, Kavlenix and his family. Uh, Kavlenix, a goaltender with the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, uh, passing away on the weekend, uh, hit by a firework that malfunctioned uh, when he was at a 4th of July party. Uh, with his uh, goaltending coach's house and uh, his teammate uh, uh, just Elvis Merzlikens was also there a tragic story fluky uh, malfunction uh, he was in a hot tub and the uh, mortar firework uh, tilted away and started firing in the wrong direction and unfortunately hit him in the chest and uh, caused the uh, the uh, fatality and Kivlekens uh, Kivlenix was uh was a thought to be a goaltender that was going to challenge for a roster spot next year. 24 years old. Yeah, it just heartbreaking story. Um, obviously, over over the weekend, and and you know when when things like the, this happens, it, uh, it it certainly puts perspective into um, every everyone's day to day life, and, and just a terrible tragedy, and, and a life cut short way way too soon. Uh, just a fluky accident uh, from the sounds of it. Uh, initial reports were uh, that he had slipped and, and, and banged his head in the concrete, but uh, it, uh, the coroner's report is that he took the, uh, the fireworks straight to the chest, and that was the cause of uh, the heart ailment uh, that uh, cost him his life. But again, another one of those, like, why do you screw around with fireworks? It just uh, bothers me. Minnesota Wild signing forward Joel Erickson Eck to a $42 million eight-year contract. Uh, told you about that on Friday. Uh, Nick Bukestad uh, signing a uh, contract, uh, $900,000 uh, 
Uh, Bukestead, 28 years old, 19 points on the year. Uh, gives them a little bit more stability as they try and take care of things. But the two big players, Kevin Fiala and Kirill the Thrill, remain unsigned as we inch towards free agency. Yes. Um, I, I think it's a, I mean, it's a good spot, I think, for, for Bukestad. I, there's there's a fit there with the Minnesota Wild in terms of Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala. I, I cannot wait to see what those contracts look like um, in the case of Fiala for sure, but also with, with Kirill Kaprizov because the 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 question of whether or not the contract gets done, I think, is kind of at, at everyone's at the forefront of everyone's mind, I, I do think that you you've got a player in Kaprizov who knows what his value is, and I I think there's leverage points that he's got that he's he's not um, afraid to utilize in these negotiations. Hey, what do you think Fiala pulls in? Everybody's focused on Kaprizov, that 24 year old led all rookies and goals, Calder Trophy winner, uh, 51 points, but Fiala had 40 and. Kind of a, not a down year, but a little bit inconsistent. He's a player that can light it up. I'm curious to see where his number comes in. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. In terms of Kevin Fiala, like, is, is he uh, a 15 goal scorer or is he the 20 to 25, maybe even topping out at 30 goal scorer that we kind of can see him potentially being? Uh, what is he? That's that's the big question for me. I, I look at Kevin Fiala. I think he's one of those players that can that can absolutely take another step in terms of his production, in terms of his consistency. So what does that look like? I, I mean, probably in the ballpark of of five and a half to six and a half million dollars a season. It, it'll be interesting to see. I think of him as a 65 goal scorer because I swear every time I watch Kevin Fiala play, he scores a goal. And I and I look down and go. He's he's only got thirteen goals. I yeah. I've, I've watched all thirteen then, and uh, and because he just <laughs> he manages to go on these runs. Uh, Nashville Predators uh, acknowledging that they've had talks with the Seattle Kraken and David Poyle, confirming that the the trade Victor Arvidsson to the Los Angeles Kings was strictly because they knew that Arvidsson was going to be picked up by the Seattle Kraken. They'd been told that, so they wanted to get a second and a third round pick uh, or something out of it uh, because of uh, because of that possibility. And so they made the trade for Arvidsson, and now they're in other conversations with the Seattle Kraken directly to see what they can do to protect uh, certain players in case they, they can't come to that perfect seven and three or eight player protected list with the goaltender. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's smart maneuvering um, from from David Poyle, and and I think that this is one of those situations where uh, y- you try to work out a deal as best you can. You know, you you get wind of a player, you find a way to to get some assets for that player, and now it's all about trying to come up with the with the right formula that does not impede your team to the extent that you don't want it to. If you're David Poyle, so I I am hopeful that a lot of these conversations around Seattle are going to start heating up here in the next couple of days and certainly next week because, you know, quite honestly, uh, I want it to be chaos. I <laughs> want Seattle cracking chaos. That's what I want. Well, Poyle told this podcast that he was quoted from, uh, said that uh, Seattle likes certain defensemen on the Predators. Seattle likes certain forwards on the Predators. So they have to have more conversations 
Uh, and he uh, went on to say if he could make a deal, he probably would prefer that instead of uh, rolling the dice on what the Seattle Kraken will, will take from them. But uh, I'm not sure, like, if you're Seattle, do you necessarily tell that these teams who you like on their team and who you want? And if you do, are you telling the truth? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. Um, I, I Like, if I'm Seattle, I'm trying to figure out how I can get the best possible players or extra players um, in, in the way that the Golden Knights went about their, their expansion draft. So I am trying to work out deals with everybody. And, you know, you, you start to kind of get into a situation where you say, if you're the Seattle Kraken, you can't protect this player. I'm going to take this player unless you make it worth my while not to do so. And some teams are going to bite. Some teams aren't. I'm fascinated to see how it works this time around for the Kraken. Well, the Kraken obviously weren't uh, weren't giving up a second and third for Arvidsson uh, because otherwise they would have figured out a way to do that deal and and somehow mm-hmm. come up with that instead. And, and a second and a third. Wouldn't a second and a third from uh, the Kraken not be worth more than L.A.? Now, nobody expected Vegas to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and have a very low... Uh, first round choice in, in that year but that's kind of kind of surprises me uh, a little bit uh, the Seattle Kraken were trolling teams on the, on the weekend I don't know whether you saw this but saying that there's uh, 20 days until the expansion draft and uh, talking about how they were going to take players off different teams and, and other clubs started firing back uh, with, with fun tweets uh, social media side of it has been entertaining I enjoy entertaining social media. It's a lot better than angry and frustrated social media. Uh, Seattle Kraken are fun. Um, I still want more chaos in terms of like actual hockey moves than than social media antics. But you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, the uh, teams like um, uh, let's see, Calgary Flames said uh, the, fl- the the Flames responded to Seattle's tweet by saying. The Flames have left the chat. And the Kraken have <laughs> responded with, the Kraken have added the Flames back to the chat. Different things like that. Uh, Columbus was in on it. Uh, the New Jersey Devils were, were involved in it. I think it was, it, it was, it was pretty good uh, how the teams went, went back and forth on this. Uh, if you were going to pick an MVP from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it is a, an MVP for the entire playoffs, not just the, the, the final like the NBA, Who's your choice for the Conn Smythe Trophy winner after five games? Chapman's, like, moaning and groaning right now. Why are you moaning and groaning? Well, I think it's tough. It's a tough decision because I feel like there's a couple guys. You took that really personally. Well, it, it, no, not personally. It's, just, it, it's hard to. But I think the two front runners are Vasilevsky and Braden Point. And I think at this time, my vote would be for Braden Point. What do you think, Ryan? <sighs> Uh, okay. Um, in terms of Con Smythe, I'm going Kucherov or I'm going Vasilevsky. In my opinion, it's between those two players. I know Braden Point scored a ton of goals, and I know that he had a nine-game goal-scoring streak. 
But for me, for Nikita Kucherov to miss the entire regular season and to come back and be as dominant as he has been in this postseason in terms of putting up points and knowing how much of what Tampa does goes through Nikita Kucherov, um, it's Kucherov or Vasilevsky for me. Hmm. I would go point, Kucherov, and then Vasilevsky. Goalies win it too much. Goalies, you win the Stanley Cup, your goalie's got to be good. Unless he doesn't play every game. And then <laughs> then the goalie wouldn't be uh, the the Spythe uh, winner. But I would, go, I would go point because coming so close to that historic record. Although he hasn't scored since. And... And then mm-hmm. I would go Kucherov. Yep. Uh, those uh, those two. That Kucherov has been unbelievable. Uh, again, like you said, for for missing the season, but but Braden Point yep. like scoring goals isn't that easy as what he made it look like. And you can make a case that he should have scored certainly in two of the last four games. And and either one just went off the handle of Carey Price's stick, and another one hit the post. Uh, and and he could have got more out of it than than he already has. His ability to finish and it carried his team at times. Yeah, I don't know if they Braden get by Point's the Islanders. Really, really good. I don't know if they get by the Islanders with that Braden Point. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Braden Point's been really, really good. Uh, I, I like Kucherov, and I'll tell you this: if the Canadians can uh, can do what they intend to do and law all the way back in the series and win the Stanley Cup, then it's probably going to be Carey Price. Well, here, here's the thing. I don't think he's been as dominant as I would have thought he would have to be for Montreal to get to this stage. I'm not saying he I, hasn't I been great. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you there, but I don't think that that's going to matter that much in in terms of how this is voted. like, And, and the, the point that I'm trying to make is, did Carey Price have to be exceptional against Vegas? No. Did he have to be exceptional against uh, Winnipeg? Not really. Did he have to be exceptional against Toronto? Not really. But I think if the Canadians have any chance to win the next three games, and if they do win the next three games, I think Carey Price is going to have to be the number one story, and then recency bias will get will put you into a situation where you talk yourself into Carey Price. And on top of that, it's not like the Canadians are going to have a player in the next three games just absolutely light it up scoring and, and overtake the lead in terms of, of production. I just think Carey Price is your obvious choice if you if the Canadians find a way to come back and win this series. The other, if the, it's not Carey Price, who is it? Well, that's the thing. That's the tougher question. I think a lot of those guys kind of cancel each other out. Like yeah. you can you can maybe make the case for Caulfield, right? Three, so you have three points in overtime, rookie record, but didn't score uh, until the third round. No, no, but yeah. he he's been big since. I think Nick Suzuki's been really good. Philip Deneau's been really good for them. I mean, he doesn't quite have the. The statistics. Well, he doesn't score. But I mean, he he's, score. Been, but he's like, been locked down. We're arguing between. I mean, if you're, we're arguing Carey Price or sorry, uh, Vasilevsky and Braden Point, and Point had the nine-game goal streak, yeah. and then you're throwing out <laughs> Philip Deneau, and but, the only issue is he doesn't score. Defensively, he's he's yes. been phenomenal. Oh, but give enough with the defensively stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Like, do the, okay, do the listen. Ghosts listen. Get a vote? Yes. No, no, no. Listen, if, if if it's if it's Montreal and it's not Carey Price, then I think it has to be Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's been the only player every single 
round that I think has been consistently there and consistently good for Montreal. Uh, Josh Anderson, again, in and out. I think that he, he should be. Toffoli would have been at the start of the playoffs. I would have thought maybe he would have a shot yep. at it. Those are your one-timers for what day is it, Chapman? It's Tuesday. On Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, coaching front, Jay Leach and Paul McFarland have been hired as assistant coaches of the Seattle Kraken to uh, help out with uh, Dave Haxtall. I'm going to chat with Don Granato tomorrow for the uh, Chirp Podcast, a coach of the Buffalo Sabres. Nice. I'll bring you some uh, update because you being uh, connected to the Buffalo Sabres and that fan base. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to chat with them about, but let's catch up with uh, Chapman for this Tuesday. All right. Well, we decided that because you will be leaving for Japan and the mm-hmm. Olympics on Saturday, that I will give you tips as I am obviously very familiar with Tokyo, having spent a lot of time there. Uh, I hope you like egg salad sandwiches because, Love egg because salad sandwiches. I promise you, you can get the best egg salad sandwich you've ever had in your life in Tokyo. Really? What makes them better? The, the the funniest thing is it's actually at a convenience store. Now, you can go to 7-Eleven. You can go to Family Mart. But I suggest going to Lawson's. Lawson's and get an egg salad sando from the Conbini, which is what they call it, convenience store, Conbini. Do I call it a sando? Sando. Egg salad sando. They'll have it in the pre-made case. Get a fruit-flavored Coca-Cola, whether it's lemon, strawberry. I'm not sure whatever they'll have. And maybe grab a beer for the road because you can actually walk down the street and drink a beer in Tokyo without any issue at all. I've done it in the park. I feel like a bit of a degenerate when I do it, but it's perfectly fine. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Ah, uh, yes, yes, With I have. With that beard that you've got, I going? know, I know. Well, I didn't have the beard the last time I was in Tokyo, but uh, yeah, hanging out in the park, drinking beer, eating a bag of chips. Kind of fun. He just keeps adding on to the order. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's kind of fun. But egg salad sandwich. Oh, we'll have a man. chocolate bar on this with some oh. uh, with some dessert. If you like dark minutes. chocolate, Meiji. Meiji is the way to go. Really? Yes, they so call it black sando. chocolate. Egg yeah. salad sando. Egg salad sando from Lawson's. Yes. All right. <laughs> Convenience store. Yes. And make sure you tweet it out so we know. <laughs> So he sends me to Tokyo and tells me to go to a convenience yes, store and get an, and get egg, an egg salad, salad sandwich. sandwich. I don't know what it is that they do. They take the crust off the bread, but it is phenomenal. <laughs> you don't get that kind of advice everywhere. Forget great restaurants. Convenience store for the egg salad sandwich. Uh, for Ryan Wallace, I'm Darren Millard. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you tomorrow for Game 5.